0: Just a heads up that in this podcast, you'll hear young people talking about what it was like for them when their mental health wasn't at its best. If you or someone you know needs support, visit headspace.org.au, where there are heaps of different ways to connect with someone who can listen, answer your questions and help. Plus, there's a big list of other services you could try, like Lifeline or Kids Helpline, in our show notes.
1: most confusing thing was trying to figure out where it all started like I was always a pretty shy person growing up but like as soon as I'll meet someone and get out of that i would be more outgoing and stuff so it was really confusing not knowing where these feelings came from like they just came out of
0: nowhere and it's just like oh well what's going on Whoa, You mean poor mental health can sneak up on us? It's a funny thing. We don't often talk about that bit when we don't really know what's going on with our mental health. We usually do the talking once we know things aren't great. But what is that time like when you're working it out for yourself? Hey, it's Penny Terry here and I feel like we're getting to know each other pretty well now and you're also getting to know Shana, who is the voice you just heard, and also Luke and Liz and Ella, who have all talked about what it was like for them when their mental health wasn't as good as it could be. And in this episode of Get Psyched, they tell us about the process of working it out for themselves. Yep that bit needs to happen. And like with everything, it's different for everyone. And sometimes it's more obvious than others. Let's hear from Ella.
2: The first few times that I had a panic attack, I was really confused as to where it came from and how it could start out of nothing and then just be finished. And I was left feeling rattled, but it was it was clear that it was over it was like where did it where did all of that energy go where did it come from did you know what was happening at the time the first few times i really wasn't sure after a little while i went i have a sn- sneaking suspicion that it might just be and then i went and i looked at it myself a bit Spoke to my dad about it a bit and he was like, yeah, no, that that sounds about right. That sounds like what it is. I was like, oh, at least there's a name for it because I know so often people are like, don't put don't put labels on it, don't put boxes on it. But in this case, it was like, at least it's a real thing and it's not just me.
0: Explain that a bit more, that idea of it's it's a real thing, it's not just me and why that's important for you to know.
2: Well, it's... It's important to know that you're not the first and you won't be the last when it comes to that sort of thing, which means that there are people who have gone through it as well and can be supportive from that angle, people who have supported people through it multiple times so they have a good idea of what could be useful for you, knowing that you're not the first person to ever have it, you're not the guinea pig or the... Anything when it comes to figuring out what will help.
0: I love hearing that idea of knowledge being power and that lessened the confusion for Ella. Now let's check in with Luke and see what was going on for him when he was working out that his mental health wasn't at its best.
3: like all these emotions that just hit you out of nowhere it definitely scares you and you you don't know what's going on um I felt like I got a, a grasp of it early what the actual main issues were and that sort of thing it kind of like made it worse knowing that I knew what they are but I'm not doing anything about it I'm not getting help about it and it's just impacting my life in so many negative ways I think where it started is like when I started feeling all these emotions I'd I'd go home and I'd sit. I'd be and I'd write down why am I feeling this? Like, what happens when this emotion comes up and that sort of thing? And I'd I'd just want to know what it is, um, as soon as possible because not knowing what something is and it's doing damage to you, it makes it even worse. Yeah.
0: Did someone tell you to journal or write things down, or was that just something that you do?
3: Um, that was just something I I did it. It's just something that helps when you have stuff going on just to write it down and and know what the issue is and then go about how you're going to fix the issue or make it less prominent.
0: You mentioned before that then you knew perhaps there was something going on but then you still weren't doing anything about it and then that became tougher again. How do you explain why why you didn't go and do something about it?
3: Um, Because I was scared. I was scared of what people would think. Um, I was scared I was going to get judged. Um, I, was, I was worried about everything, just even the smallest things, like, oh, what happens if the person doesn't like how I look or, or that sort of thing? I was just, the main emotion was definitely being scared to do something about it.
0: I'm just going to butt in here to let you know that our next episode is going to be about exactly that, the process of getting help. I guess this episode is the step before that, working out that something is going on. And for Liz, it took ages, but it was also really quick. I'll let her explain.
4: Um, I think that the days went so slow, but the months and the years like went so quick all of a sudden like things were progressing I'd gone from just being sad to being really unmotivated um, to isolating myself to self-harm and every day seemed like to go forever but looking back on it when you were trying to figure out where it all started it like months years had passed and you just, yeah, don't know like how it all got so much without you doing anything about it.
0: Why was it important to you to know where it started?
4: I just felt as though I needed to know where it started so I could fix things, so I could go back and, you know, try and undo things that, went wrong, um, try and find the source of everything so that I at least had a starting point. I was so worried that I was going to go to someone and they'd ask me where it had all started and I wouldn't be able to tell them. So then I wouldn't be able to get any better.
0: And what do you think about it now?
4: I think that everyone has things in their life that some things are major events that will contribute. Some things are small things. Um, It's just life will just treat you differently you know no matter what happens and there doesn't have to be a certain point in time where things turn a corner um there will be a whole heap of little things that will pile up into a mountain or there might be one significant event that you think's done it but it might have been something completely different and something really small that's yeah started the whole trail
0: When it comes to the people around you, how much do you think they wanted to know? Where does this start? Where did this start? How did it happen?
4: Yeah, that was a massive thing, um, particularly for family that were like, well, you must know, like, if you're this upset about it, you must know exactly what's happened. Like, just think about it, like, think hard. And, you know, one, you just, I couldn't really be bothered. Like, I didn't, if it was making me this upset, like, why would I want to remember what's happened? Like, why would I want to put myself back through that? And yeah, like... When you look at one day where there's so many things that seem so hard to get through, looking back on a year, like that's a lot of stuff that you've got to sift through and it's just like, it's just a big effort and people, I just felt like no matter what I said, people weren't going to like the answer. So it was easier just to ignore the question.
0: It's pretty complex, isn't it? I mean, there are all sorts of things going on for people when they're trying to work out what's happening with their mental health and how to manage it. And I wonder how much of the confusion maybe for you has been
5: about how we think life is meant to play out. Look, I read something just recently and it really resonated with me about how sometimes we have this ambition or um, desire to, to lead a linear life and what that means is essentially being happy and healthy the whole time and you know when you say it out loud like that that's just silly isn't it because life has again bit of a cliche but lots of ups and downs and I think what's really really helpful for young people to understand is if they're having a really tough time with their mental health gosh, you can learn so much about yourself and about what you value and it doesn't mean that that's going to um, taint your life, the, your future in, in a bad way. I think we learn an awful lot in those moments where things are really tough um, and I think they are actually, it might sound strange, opportunities for us to learn and I think for parents and carers ...to think about them as opportunities for growth um yeah it can be more helpful and it can be a helpful narrative to have when you're watching a young person going through a tough time is that they will learn things about themselves now that will help them in the future rather than oh my gosh they're not going to school they're never going to finish their grade 12 and it's going to be terrible and they're never going to be the engineer or the doctor or the nurse and um that sort of catastrophizing um and the reason i think parents and carers do that is you want the best for your young person don't you like it's so uncomfortable thinking and worrying about that but I think a more helpful narrative is my young person is going to learn a lot about what they need and ways of coping that they will be able to use in the future that's why we talk so much about tuning into yourself um, and then you know trusting your own intuition about yourself nobody knows you better than you um and i think that's really really important it's an important skill to have from from you know a really young age
0: cue happy music because out of the confusion can come some massive learning now that's a nice reframe Now, this voice is mental health clinician Caroline Thane. We've got to know her pretty well throughout the series. And we'll get into what tuning into yourself actually means shortly. But let's just hear about the learning that Shana did. It would have helped if I were to get help earlier. But at the same
1: time, I am kind of glad because I've been able to identify some of my triggers. And because I know some of them, I've been learning to work my way with around that
0: how much learning are you are you still doing all the time Shanna
1: I think mental health like it's a learning curve like things may seem okay but at the same time like there are going to be some days that are also going to not be okay and because of that like you have to like learn how to deal with it and the more that you do deal with it the more that you learn.
0: How much better do you think you are now at at dealing with it?
1: I think I'm a whole lot better instead of staying inside and isolating myself and not socialising I'm trying that's all I can do is try my best and I think yeah um, I've become a lot more better at trying to manage that
0: and getting more out of my shell. Ah, oh, seriously, every time I listen to the massive amount of learning that the young people I interviewed for this podcast have done, I get the goosebumps. But we've got to recognise that it's not been easy and I guess the good news is that we don't need to be the experts. We've got experts for that, but we can learn to be the experts about ourselves and be detectives and start looking for signs
5: when something might be up. Let's check back in with Caroline. So some er nice little red flags can be um, changes to your sleep, um, changes in how you're um, responding in relationships or connecting or not connecting with people in your relationships, sometimes um, motivation, so all of a sudden you can feel like your motivation is low, Things that you used to find pleasure in all of a sudden are not pleasurable anymore. Um, We call that anhedonia. That's the funky word. But essentially it's about, you know, I used to want to go to soccer training and now I just can't be bothered. I don't care about soccer anymore. Uh, So they are some of the telltale signs. I think being perhaps more reactive in your responses. And often, you know, I guess if we haven't quite learnt that skill of tuning in to ourselves yet, it is sometimes the carers, you know, our friends and family around us that might be the people that notice those things first. Um, and I think if you are one of those people that have noticed something in your young person, um, give an example that can be helpful. Don't just label what you see. In other words, don't just say, well, I think you're just really down. It's important to give an example. You know, you used to like soccer and you don't anymore. I'm just wondering if there's something more going on for you that can be helpful. How do we tune into ourselves? That's a really good question. So, tuning in is about tuning into your body. So, your body is like your little compass that gives you um, different, what I call physiological responses. Um, That's like our little roadmap around how we're feeling so for me an example for me when i start to feel nervous is the first thing that happens for me is i start to fidget so i will uh, maybe start to play with my rings on my hands um, or i might start to grab my earrings um the next thing for me will be um i start to get a little bit of a tummy ache and then i can i talk a lot pen but i will talk even faster and even more um And then when I'm really, really stressed, that often looks more like irritability for me. So they're like... Tuning in is about getting to know your body clues Um, and our body gives us those clues around how we're feeling and then when we know how we feel, we can do something about it. Um, If we're not very good at tuning into our body yet, what tends to happen is we let feelings build and build and build and build or we just tune out of our body and then we don't know what's going on for us. So tuning in is really important.
0: How tuned in are you? It's funny, it's almost like you can be pretty tuned in if you've got a broken leg, because it's easy to spot. But if it feels like the break is in your brain, it's harder. Now, I know they're not quite the right words, but I... Actually, I'm just going to let Liz explain how she learned this.
4: Mental health is not often something that people worry about. Like, if you, you know... If your eyesight's starting to deteriorate, you're like, oh, need to get onto this, like need to go to the optometrist, see if I need glasses, you know, if you're starting to get a cough or a cold, you're like, oh, I need to go to the doctor, like I need to get on top of this before it's a big thing. Whereas mental health, people are like, oh, let's see how it plays out, like see how it goes. Like I just think you need to look at it as anything else in your life. If it's something that's different, something that's changed, something that you're worried about, like particularly like high school, everyone's like, oh, you know, like people are going through puberty, like you're growing up, you've moved to a different like environment and, you know, if you're still worried about it, like go talk to someone. Like even if you're not that worried about it, but you're like, oh, this seems like a change, like at least talk to your friends, see if they've got a similar thing going on because, you know, like same age bracket, similar circumstances, just making sure that you find that one person that, you know, you can ask that first question if you're worried about something. And, yeah, like, again, just treat it like anything else. Like, treat it like your eyesight, like your, you know, physical well-being. Um, it's all so important. One of the words that's come up a couple of times is that word fix. And
0: I don't know if it's the best word, but, I mean, is it what, – what do you think about that idea of can we be fixed or is this something that we that we need to work with for the rest of our lives?
4: Yeah, like I definitely think um, like at the start I was like I need to be fixed, like I'm not normal. Um, But the more you read into it, like the more you talk to other people, like no two people are the same, like everybody is so different. So we don't need to be fixed but we can definitely like improve ourselves as people Um, and we can, yeah, deal with situations differently and use a whole lot of things in our toolbox of life to get us through day-to-day things, um, yeah, that can enhance us as people. But, yeah, we don't need to be fixed. Like, we're all okay. Like, you know, life treats everybody differently and we just need to be able to get through it.
0: Is there anybody who felt the people around them wanted them to be fixed?
3: Yeah, I I felt this pressure a lot. Knowing that um, you have this stuff going on but you don't want to tell anyone about it, and getting pressure from your loved ones saying like it's enforcing that there's something wrong with you and 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 that sort of thing um i never had the support like oh i'll help you um let's go talk to someone about it it was more so fix yourself the word that comes up um stop being lazy do something with your life it was more of the negative thing pushed towards me um, which made me feel worse because i felt like I was the only one with these issues and I was alone and it just made everything worse.
0: So that's Luke and perhaps prompts us to talk about some of those tools in our toolbox for life that will help us be, well, fixed. Because according to Mark Vandenenden, another of the mental health clinicians from Headspace, it's a common feeling.
6: I think it's incredibly common. We We've been conditioned as a society to um, think about it in terms, you know, simplistically, um, to illustrate this thought, if I pop the pill, the problem's going to go away. But what we are dealing with is habits, deeply entrenched habits that have been programmed in us, you know, for the whole time we've been alive. The idea of fixing ourselves... Maybe it's better to reframe it as just changing my mind. You know, rather than giving in to anxiety, I'm going to train my mind to not react, to stay calm, to stay focused and to feel the fear and do it anyway.
0: I like that idea of training your mind. It reminds me a bit like going to footy practice, Um, you know, you're not going to be able to uh, kick a goal from the 50-yard line or 50-metre line straight away. You have to practice. So you have to go to training for this.
6: And we really should train our mind. You you can't expect to sit in front of a piano for the first time and rip out the best Mozart um, without having previously played. You can't expect your mind to um, not react and stay calm and stay focused and recognise distraction and come back without practising those skills. We we go to the gym to train our body to get stronger or to fitter or to to whatever it is that we need to do. We need to also consider that we need to train our minds. And the, the more we fire and wire the skills and habits and concentration that we want to have in our life, then that is going to get stronger. And the anxiety and the fear and the worry through not being um, constantly repeated will eventually start to weaken and those neurons will just get reallocated to some other purpose in the brain. So the idea, um, yes you can fix your mind but I much prefer to think of it in terms of just changing our focus and we do understand through neuroplasticity that the brain is capable of an infinite amount of change.
0: Well that seems like good news but we have to practice. So what sort of things can we be practising right now? Let's swing back for a quick session with Caroline Thane.
5: I would not use the word fixed if you can avoid it. Uh, (laughs) And I would use, um, I often talk to people about um, having tools in their toolbox for life um, because it's, as I've said before, you know, as a, um, a human we have this huge spectrum of feelings and as they pop up and present themselves and as life deals us unhelpful blows um, that we have things that will help us cope so you know even young people who I've seen who meet criteria for certain diagnoses um, it's also about um, all those who don't it's also just for them to understand that therapy is about learning how to be your own therapist Mm -hmm. and um, having tools in your toolbox of life that you're going to be be able to use forever. That's more helpful. It's not about fixing it. It's about managing it. It's
0: yeah. like it's an ongoing thing. You don't just make dinner once and you've made dinner for the rest of your life. You need to make dinner every
5: day. Yes, absolutely. Yes, yeah. yeah, so for people my age, um, it's taken us a little while to think about um, what we do to help our day-to-day mental health. And again, it's that old thing of when people think of mental health, they think of mental illness, but mental health is about just the health of our mind. So I think it's really helpful for people to have daily things um, that help the health of their mind. So just, I guess it's about forming routines, which include those things. Um, For me, Um, it might sound strange, but one thing I kind of wash away the stress of the day, I have a bath (laughs) and some people go, oh, can't cope with them. They're awful. But that is something that I have put into my day. I literally have a bath every day. Um, but that's, and some people, you know, have, have routines and rituals around making cups of tea or going for walks or, um, you know, winding down and reading books. I think it's also, there are lots of ways that we can start to think about the health of our minds. I think the other thing we can sometimes forget about is if we're cruising along and we're okay, we can sometimes forget about those things and then we can drop them out of our routine. And then when things do pop up in our life that are often unforeseeable, um, we don't have things that allow us to cope in healthy ways. So, my biggest tip for people is have healthy ways of coping um, all the time, regardless of what's going on for your life. So if, if home life is great, school and work is great, it's really important that you don't drop those coping strategies away. You have to keep them there because it allows you to be more resilient so if we use exercise for an example, if I haven't been exercising and something, you know, tricky pops up in my day-to-day life and I know that exercise is helpful, it's hard for me to get that happening again. However, if I've got some regular exercise in my life, it's easy for me to just keep that going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when tricky things do pop up that affect our mental health, starting new routines is are really really hard but if we've already got them it will actually allow us as I said before to be more resilient in what's happening for us. So how are you feeling about your toolbox
0: of life is it reasonably equipped or do you think you might need to go and stock up on a few items well next episode we're going shopping sort of Because what if the help we need is the stuff that we don't yet have the tools for and we can't get it from our friends, our parents, our carers or teachers? How do we get that professional help? Will we work it out ourselves? How do we encourage someone else? And what happens when we walk in that door?
4: I was in high school and... Just had a massive outburst at school one day like completely out of character just went off my nut in the classroom like just wasn't taking anyone's shit that day and their school were just like nah like you need to go get support you need to go see someone and for the first probably four sessions I remember just sitting on the couch looking at this social worker she's asking me questions and I'm just sitting there internally going I don't want to be here I don't want to talk to you
0: And that's just one of the stories you'll hear about getting professional help. And yeah, at the start, it might feel really tricky. How to get the help you need. That's next on Get Psyched. If you want help now, don't wait for the next episode. Check out headspace.org.au where there are so many ways to connect with someone who can help, or we've got plenty of other links and resources in our show notes. Or you can go back and listen to a previous episode. Pick your favourite or the one where the things felt most doable. I might talk to you there. My name is Penny Terry and this is a podcast for Headspace Launceston. This podcast is supported by funding from Primary Health Tasmania through the Australian Government Primary Health Networks Program.